Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. I've alluded to in the past how I use essential oils in my life to uplevel my health. They're just basically a tool in my healthcare tool belt. If you're confused about how to use essential oils and you have no idea how to incorporate them in your life, I want to provide you with my top 10 ways to use essential oils cheat sheet. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. That's bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. O-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to get your free copy now. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 84. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Natalie Bach. Natalie is the Curvy Confidence Coach and is a top eating psychology coach who empowers women to be their own intuitive guides in health and life through reconnecting to their bodies. She works with women holistically to end the struggle with weight and stress so they can embody the self-love and confidence they need to live soul-aligned lives that light them up without burning them out. And little known fact, but we went to high school together. So I'm super excited to catch up with Natalie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Me too. I'm so good to be here. You are definitely showing up in the world as an alpha female going after all your goals and dreams. So what did you think? I I know you're going to have an interesting answer to this, but what did you think of the definition? And um, how are you an alpha female? Um, that's such an interesting question. You know, it's so funny because, um, like, like I said, I think I would say I am and I'm not, you know, um, I think that, um, when I hear alpha, I think, uh, I think masculine and a lot of my, um, life transition and path has really been about kind of coming out of like the masculine drive and coming back into my feminine. Cause I got, I was, you know, I was in the film industry for, um, 12 years, like climbing the ladder and really like just always pushing and paying my dues and pushing my body and, and not sleeping. And, you know, like, um, on this like intense drive to succeed and, um, and that burnt me out. And it's actually what led me to my passion, which is really more about supporting other women. So it's, it's like, I'm going for my dreams, but at the same time, I'm supporting. And so I was like, I was playing with it because I love, I love wolves and I love like, mm, wolves okay. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of looking it up. I was like, what's a beta then? Like, like when I saw the question, I was like, I think I might be more of a beta, you know, it's like, yes, I'm, I'm bold and I'm confident and I'm going for my dreams, but I kind of like to lean back and support and love and lift, you know? That's yeah. so fascinating. We've had one, one other guest who has said, uh, I really think I'm a beta. And I was like, <laughs> cause when, when you look at the definition, um, like I don't actually put anywhere like the leader of the pack. I, um, I haven't like built in the, the wolf analogy. Um, but I find it fascinating that like there's an alpha male and an alpha female in a, in a wolf pack. And like the, the alpha male 
um, is very visible as like the leader of the pack, but it's really the alpha female that's taking care of everybody and is like the hunter oh, and stuff like that. that. So I think that would resonate really nicely with you. And yeah, definitely. Um, I'm finding that my podcast guest alignment is so in tune with where I'm at in life, which is fascinating to me because I don't, um, I don't seek it out on purpose, but I've been really, um, doing a lot of emotional work, um, with an energy guide and, uh, I sat down on her table and she looked at me and she's like, your warrior side is so strong, but you've got like zero feminine. I was like, mm, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. she's like, yeah, like your alpha is really, she even said alpha. She's like, your alpha side is really strong, but your feminine side is really lacking. I'm like, so do you know what my personal brand is? <laughs> so I, I told That's her so about funny. it. Yeah. yeah. And she, yeah. she asked me like, so how are you going to honor the feminine? I'm like, well, that, that what I'm exploring. That's what I'm, that's what I'm learning about. And it's, um, it's fascinating because everybody has such a different way of seeing the masculine and the feminine. So I love talking about this with guests because yeah, the alpha masculine do, do, do mentality. If we're going after goals and dreams, like we still need that side of us, but how do we ensure it's in more harmony with our feminine side? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's so much of, you know, been so much of my journey because in the, you know, in the corporate world, I think there's this tendency to be, um, to, for women to kind of take on almost an alpha male attitude or be like, or feel like you have to, right. And that's really what kind of leads to the burnout, but perhaps this alpha female element, which is really more like the feminine warrior. It's like, we can be strong, but we can also honor our bodies and we can also really like honor our emotional selves. Could you even imagine like having this conversation around a boardroom table with a whole bunch of alpha men? It's like, hi guys, how do you, how do you think you can honor your feminine more today? It would, it would just be like blank eyes. <laughs> Deer in headlights. So many of us going into entrepreneurialism now, you know? <laughs> right. Cause it's like mm, no hope in hell of that happening. So yeah. I'm just going to build my own world. Yeah. <laughs> I get exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so share with our listeners, what are you most passionate about? I'm, I'm really, I'm really passionate about helping women like untangle who that they, who they think they should be from who they are so that they can really kind of reconnect to themselves, their desires, their dreams, their power, you know, and like taking all of the things out of the way. And, you know, my, my kind of um, focus tends to be around body image and, and weight challenges. That was one of the big things in my journey, but also, you know, um, women can be like, self-sacrificers and, and, uh, you know, so focused on everybody else for so much of their lives that they kind of get disconnected from themselves. And so there's like a, a rediscovering. Um, and so I'm really, you know, my background is market research <laughs> and I'm, I love just like, like getting all the stuff out of the way and figuring out like, what's their like really core nugget of like magic inside of people, you know, that they're not, they're not tapping into. So I'm going out on a limb, but does that, like, if you're market researcher and you love research, um, are you potentially working on a future book? Uh, definitely working yeah, on a future okay. book. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, lo yeah. I love um, when those in the self-development, self-help world get into, like, a research mode. It, al it always means it's like, I've got this theory um, and these practical steps that have helped me. So how do I, how do I put this into um, a guide that can help others? 
Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, Brene Brown's totally my spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) No qualitative researcher, social researcher turned like, you know, personal growth guru, basically. Don't love to use that word, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's the easiest one for people to recognize. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so you've left the film industry, which led to burnout, which we'll get into. Um, but share with us, you know, as you are creating this entrepreneurial life, what does your work-life harmony look like? Um, and kind of share with us like what, uh, what a day looks like as well. Oh, sure. You know, um, for me, it's really about, kind of embodying like the balance between feminine and masculine and, and finding that I know a lot of people these days are like, fuck balance. Oh, sorry. I don't know. It's okay. I'll just make a note that this podcast just became explicit. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's a lot of people who are like, you know, balance isn't possible, you know? And to me, there's, you know, I think that, I think there is, I think the possibility of balance is understanding that we're going to swing back and forth in a pendulum. Right. But, um, but finding that space where, you know, we, we aren't, uh, you know, overextending into one or the other. So like, you know, feminine flow is really powerful, but sometimes we can kind of get lost in it and take like carried away by it, you know, and we need the masculine kind of river banks to like give us some structure. And so for me, it's really finding that balance between the two honoring, you know, honoring for me flow over hustle and kind of being rather than doing, but being in action when it's certain, when it's, you know, really self-honoring. So, um, so, you know, for me, like I've had to learn how it's kind of, I've been forced into this by my body. Um, <laughs> and I've had to kind of recreate m- m- my whole way of being because my body just does not let me drive myself into the ground anymore. Um, I ended up with, you know, adrenal fatigue, burnout, chronic pain, chronic fatigue, and um, And so I've, you know, it kind of brought me home to my body to really listen to what was really going on because for so many years, my focus when it came to my body was on weight. And so I was ignoring any other health signs that were happening and any weight gain that I was having was, um, something that I thought was my fault instead of realizing that it could be hormonal imbalance or, you know, the impact that stress was having on my body. And so, um, so now I've really like learned how to listen and my days tend to be, you know, fairly intuitive and really listening to, um, what my body needs. And I've, uh, I work with a, a friend of mine who helps women sync their businesses to their cycles, which you should definitely talk to her <laughs> as well. Cause she's just like, and she's definitely an alpha female. <laughs> um, And so the way that I've kind of learned, you know, with her support as well to structure my self-care in my life is to really like honor my flow, literally, um, from week to week, you know, we have as women different, um, different strengths. Um, and so planning my business around my cycle, um, and, and planning my, planning my movement practices, planning, you know, and like even my nourishment can shift depending on, um, what week of the cycle I'm in. Mm, I, um, have been tracking my period, um, with, this is now becoming a period show. Um, 
<laughs> with the, the MyFlow app by Elisa, Elisa Vitti. And yeah. Um, yeah. I love that every, based on where you are in your cycle, it tells you how you can support your body best and um, how you can work in a more optimized state. So like, um, oh, cool. yeah. So like during this part of the cycle, this is when you're most creative during this part of the cycle. This is when you really need to focus on your self care. And I find it fascinating. And I was, um, I was branching to the boyfriend. I'm healing very painful periods right now with, and a PCOS diagnosis. And I was ranting to the boyfriend the other day because and, like, I still love working in the corporate world while having my side hustles, but um, the, my first day of my period, like I barely can function. I, I have like my cognitive, like, again, if an employer listens to this, like my cognitive function is very different. I'm in so much pain. I'm focusing on like breathing and being in my body. And I'm like, it's very hard to be in that alpha, like do, do, do mentality. And I think we talked about it on the show. There are countries where you get period days off. <laughs> like, And I'm just like, are, are you kidding me? Like this is, this is brand new to me. Like, why are we so in this like world in this North American world where like, it's like pushed and imagine we asked for that. Like we'd be looked at as like having a weakness instead of, oh yeah. yeah. So I, I keep ranting about it. <laughs> oh no, definitely. I mean, and that's the thing that, you know, my friend and I are now like super passionate about is really ending the taboo on talking about it. Like, you know, 50, there 50% of us, 51% of us deal with this every day. And the world is made for the other 49%. <laughs> and so, you know, I, for years, one of the things that, you know, this was one of the things that woke me up, um, was, was really bad PMDD. And I was getting viral symptoms before my period and, and I would call in sick to work. And then I got, you know, accused of being like the boy who cried wolf because they were like, Hey, you get sick a lot. You get sick too much, you know? And of course I couldn't tell them it was my period because that's, it's weak. And it's like, you know, it's not, women are supposed to be empowered. We're not supposed to let our bleeding get us down, you know? Um, and, but really it's like, it's like actually the reason we're having all of these symptoms and these frustrations is because we're not flowing with it. We're not, and we're not listening to it. And, you know, our intuition is the, is the strongest when we're actually bleeding. And it's a really beautiful time to really just be with ourselves and allow, um, ideas and creativity to, to bloom and to really like, you know, um, like come into our space. And so, uh, no wonder our bodies get pissed and we get pissed. <laughs> you know, like, It's like, that's what PMS is like. PMS is, is fighting it instead of flowing with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've kind of alluded to, you know, work life and, Oh, the other thing I wanted to say is that you, actually have explained like, so I usually get really mad at my guests when they say balance <laughs> because I'm like, work-life balance is really upsetting to most people because if you're trying to, um, and it's more so on the equal amount. So like if you're trying to balance out your day with equal amounts of work in life, that's really hard. If you're in a season of creation or launch or working on a certain project. So, um, that's why like work-life harmony has been, uh, so much more easier and acceptable in this, in this kind of space that I'm creating, because if we set priorities for ourselves and we've got, um, you know, an 18 hour day, but we're completely happy and healthy the entire time. And we're not falling, like our body's not falling apart. Then we're in harmony. Um, cause we're chasing after passions We're you know, we're building a life that we love or we're finding happiness where, where we're placed. So, 
I, I, you know, you're alluding to the fact that the film industry, um, created all this sickness in your body, but did you have like a specific aha moment when you're like, okay, this is out of whack. Uh, I've got it. I've got to make a change. So, yeah, I mean, this was my, my kind of big turning point moment really happened at the end of, um, December, 2012. Um, that year I had been, uh, playing a lot harder <laughs> than I ever had. Um, trying I was like, it was like, te- I was like kind of 10 years in or eight, eight or nine years into the, to the, to the, to the film industry life. And I was just really like not feeling like I was living. <laughs> and, um, I ended up in a relationship, um, with a very fun Irishman and actor and screenwriter, but who was also a big partier and drinker. And he had a lot of really cool friends. And I, I had felt like, you know, my whole life was my work. And I, so I've kind of found this like awesome tribe. Um, but I let myself get a little too, um, you know, out of balance, (laughs) you know, and, um, and just did a lot of, did a lot of drinking, a lot of smoking, uh, did Coke for the first time that year. Um, and I was like drinking rock stars to get through the day and Adderall to like, get focused. I mean, it was like, it was like full on like LA scene stuff. Gotcha. Um, (laughs) and, (laughs) and, you know, after, um, after about, you know, 10 months of that and really just like, you know, having just been so burnt out for so long, my body just started crashing and I gained 50 pounds in a year. Um, my allergies were super bad. My sinuses were out of whack. I thought I was going to have to give my cats away. Um, and I just, you know, I went to see a functional medicine doctor and realized that like, um, you know, he wanted to prescribe me like, you know, $600 in pills to take. And I started taking them and I was like, you know, I felt like super, um, super like broken, you know? And, and I started thinking about it and I was like, you know, I'm not actually really taking care of myself right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he and I broke up new year's Eve, 2013. And I just was like, okay, like I called, it was, I was turning 31. It was 2013. And I'm thinking like, this is my mirror year. Like I really like things are not working in my body. Things are not working in my life. And like, I was miserable in my job and my body was obviously falling apart. And so I was just like, this, something's got to change, you know? And, um, so, uh, I just, I was like, just take a really honest look at my life. And, um, a friend of mine took me to a workshop, um, on paleo, um, and at a CrossFit gym. And I was like, I started to learn about like, um, stress and what it does to the body. And, and I was given permission to eat fat again, you know, like, cause I'd been dieting for so long. And, and I just started realizing that like, Oh, a like, uh, it's not, maybe it's not willpower that, you know, and, 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 and really there's like other stuff going on. And so I decided, you know, market research brain, I really want to understand like what's in my way of me taking care of myself. Cause I'm not doing it. Um, and you know, who do I really want to be? What do I really want to do in this world? Like what life do I really want to create? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, one thing led to another and I found myself, um, in a, eating psychology coaching certification, which really is about, cause like, you know, dieting for 20 years, you know, all of the things about nutrition, you know, 
but what's not working is, is why you're not actually, you know, sticking to things. All, a part of it is diet culture and the all mentality, but ultimately there's, there's a, a piece of something missing underneath, which for me was really just genuine self-love and, and like feeling inspired in my life. So it's fascinating yeah. that we both had, uh, at 31 years old, uh, a realization that we didn't love each other, like love ourselves. So, um, our journeys sound very similar, um, and not at the same time. I left a very toxic relationship, um, in 2012. Um, I was supposed to be married. Um, and we called off the wedding, um, in July of 2012. So a month before. And, as I was going on my healing journey or happiness journey, I realized I was like, wow, I didn't love myself, um, during that time. Like I, I didn't really, I didn't value who I was. I allowed myself to be in a relationship that was unhealthy for the both of us, let alone myself. Um, so it is fascinating. And my body didn't, my, my body didn't give out on me until two years later when I was diagnosed with MS, but all the research that I've done is really indicative of like the workaholism, the stress, not managing feelings, um, the toll of being in a toxic relationship. Like it just all adds up and it's like, Oh, okay. So I'm not, I'm not blaming obviously the relationship on why I developed an autoimmune disorder, but I'm like, Oh, all of these things contributed. Um, and, um, it's not like, not everyone has that, that health crisis that, you know, slaps them upside the head and be like, take care of yourself. But I, I'm grateful that I, ha I had one because now it's, I'm, it's truly a focus in my life. Like if someone's like, let's go, let's go out and party. I'm like, um, I, you know what I would love to, like, I miss dancing. I miss going out, but can we do it during daylight hours? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like my circadian yeah, my, rhythm my is really good. To recover. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> 10, 10 PM, 10 PM to 12 AM. My adrenals need their recovery. <laughs> yeah. I, need to go to, I need to be in bed. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, but I love that I can honor that now and feel good about saying like, I, I would love to, or I totally love to, but like, how about you and I do yoga instead? Um, because I'm in bed by nine, like, <laughs> uh, and I'm okay with that, but I know like it takes a while to, you know, leave former ways. Um, especially if it's associated with relationships in our lives. Um, but yeah, that health scare is always like, it's like, I wish I didn't have to have it, but okay. I, I, it needed to stop me in my track because nothing else was going to. I, I like I, I will chug along that workaholism and overachiever train for as long as possible until <laughs> until I can't. So yeah, I um I feel yeah. That. I mean our our bodies whisper until they have to yell at us, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you know you know when we think about like kind of what I'm passionate about. I think it's really like helping women listen to the whisper so that they don't get hit that wall you know? Yeah. So important. I, um, when I, um, started my network marketing business, uh, the, the biggest thing that, uh, and anybody in a network marketing business has this is you're asked to really figure out what your why is, because when you figure out what your why is for doing the business, and it's the same thing as creating a vision or a mission statement for a corporate culture. It's when you figure out your why and you are in, in in alignment with that, then it's going to fill you up completely. And my, my why is to teach people proactive health so that they never have to deal with an autoimmune diagnosis. 
And I can do that um, by sharing tips and tricks of how to incorporate essential oils into their lives. But like my main purpose and most of my interactions and teachings is all just around like the building blocks of proactive health. And so, oh, beautiful. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's lovely that we're in like parallel pathways. I'm, lo- I'm loving this. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and it's interesting that you say that, you know, in terms of the why, because what I found with kind of, you know, myself and my journey, and also I think the people that I tend to work with, because we, you know, we work with mirrors is that, um, um, the, like finding the why was the hardest part. It was like, you know, coming back to what really matters the most to me? Like, what do I really want? Who, who am I? What are my desires? You know? And, you know, I, I find women so much in the struggle of like, okay, well, even if I wanted to change my life, what would I change it to? Cause I've just been doing what I'm supposed to be doing or what I think everybody else thinks that I should be doing like for so long. Like how do I even tap back into that? And, um, and so, you know, that's really like, you know, how to listen to your yes, that's in your body, like, you know, and honor your no and get curious and experiment and, and move out of perfectionism into like play. Mm, I love that. Okay. So let's get into, and I think this is a perfect segue with the next question, because it's going to encompass so many ways that you take care of yourself. So how do you nourish yourself in all aspects of life? Yeah. Yeah. You know, ritual is a big, is a big thing to, to, to create. I, um, I heard this thing that, that ritual creates a sense of safety, you know, for kids. I thought I, it was in the context of kids. It was the context of Christmas time and tradition. And I realized that, you know, a lot of my workaholism started when my parents got divorced or started when, when my when their, when their relationship started falling apart when I was in high school. So, I mean, I don't even know if you knew this about me, but you know, it, like when I was, when I was 16, I kind of got into the, like was brought into the middle of my parents' marriage. And, um, and I went into like, how can I, like, what can I do to not be at home? You know, all of our rituals, all of our traditions fell apart. And I was working like, 25 hours a week at Walmart in Canada and I was doing vocal and I was student council and like going out all the time and like all of the things like that's really when my workaholism started. So that's why it was like, it, you know, I didn't know it, but I was actually burnt out by the time I got to university. Um, I think back and I'm like the symptoms of adrenal fatigue were present. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's really been about kind of coming home to myself and finding you know, daily rituals that help me feel like safe and held and loved. Um, but coming from myself first, you know, so, um, little things like, like having a morning practice. Um, I really like the book, the miracle morning. Um, it talks about like the six lifesavers and the savers being silence, affirmation, visualization, um, exercise, reading, and scribing. Um, And, um, so doing something every morning that really connects me to myself and grounds me into myself before I get into the day, um, you know, movement practices. I like to just put on a song and dance in the morning and get into my body. And like, what do I need that morning is really intuitive. It's like, do I need something more like sensual and juicy or do I need something, um, energizing, you know, um, 
And, you know, so that's kind of like the morning stuff and like the nighttime stuff is really a lot of shutting down screens, lighting candles, sometimes same thing, just dancing and getting in myself, maybe a nightly pleasure practice. And, uh, I don't currently have a bathtub. Oh, I would die. Wish that I can create that, you know? Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, I, I love the fact that you're talking about like habits that we create early in our life kind of form, um, you know, potential sickness in our body. So I was the same, like our, uh, our reasons were different. I, you know, grew up in a very strong alpha male family where I thought to be loved, to be accepted, to, um, have parents and grandparents feel proud of me that I would become an overachiever. So that's why I was, you know, doing everything I possibly could in high school. And then it was the same in university. Like I, I don't even remember classes cause I was like running, running a world Congress in my business school, starting like the very first, um, business, uh, apprentice program that was modeled after Donald Trump's television show that has now been running for like 11 years at my, my alma mater. So like I was doing all these things cause I, like, I had to check off all these achievements to be like, Hey, like, do I fit into the family? Do, do I make it, do I make everyone proud? Um, and, but it's, but it also then serves us in our healing. So when you say like, um, rituals are so important for ourselves. Like I, I love my rituals. I love my habits. We have, um, my boyfriend and I have two big dogs and our dogs are happier when they stick to their routine. <laughs> like when the routine on the daily basis is like perfect, they are so happy. So it's the same, same thing with humans. Like when you have these rituals and routines that fill you up and serve you well, they are now, now what takes you on your healing journey. So I love that you have both uh, a morning and a, and a nighttime routine. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, just keeping it real. Like I'm, it's not, I'm not perfect with it, you know? And I, and, you know, just for your audience too, like, you know, it's, it's a journey. I'm still, you know, for me, it's like when that all happened is I feel like I really went into like survival and I'm still moving out of survival and coming into thriving, you know? And, um, and so, you know, those are still, those are still developing for me. Oh, and, and so important to say that too, because, um, I try to really share when I struggle with routines and healthy habits, like I have my supplement case on my desk and I totally missed, uh, yeah, all day yesterday and the PM yesterday, like it's, it's a constant work in progress, but I'm, it's also learning to give ourselves grace and know that we're doing the best that we can with what we have. And it's like, I've got these habits, you know what, tomorrow's a new day. What do I need to do again to feel better? Um, and if I don't do exactly. all 20 things, exactly. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a bad person. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so share with our listeners what your weekly fitness or movement routine is like. I like changing that up because, um, I'm finding that my, not only my listeners, my, my guests are more about like having a movement routine versus like it being called fitness. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I call it, I call it movement as well. Um, I have a friend, it's, um, who, uh, who's been teaching me, um, Qigong and he has something called noble, noble movement. He's, he's really interesting. He's an evolutionary trainer. 
and for athletes. And this is something I've just been just, it's like a new movement practice for me because, um, I, you know, my, I was in a point even, you know, six months ago where my body wasn't doing well with movement at all. <laughs> you know, like even I would do like a basic yoga class and I would get knocked out for like a week. And I've been taking some supplements that have been really supporting the chronic pain, um, uh, and the decreased oxidative stress in the body. And it's just been really you know, helping a lot. Um, so I'm finally able to move again. I had to kind of stop for a while. Um, I was mostly just, you know, working at, like walking and stretching. Um, so now, you know, we think about it as like, he, you know, he, he described it this way and I was like, Oh my God, I almost did a blog post about this like a year ago, but I never did, you know, like instead of, um, working out or, or, you know, working our bodies out, beating up our bodies. What about training for life? You know, and that's kind of how I like to think about it now. So I'm slowly, but surely like retraining my body for my life. And, um, you know, Qigong is really about, um, uh, moving energy through the fascia essentially. Um, and, um, creating strengthening exercises that are helping me, you know, get back into my body, but also be in flow. Um, so I'm doing that. Um, I also, like I said, just the dancing, like, um, that's something that I, I like to do consistently. Um, and then I, I use, um, I use the app class pass to help. I don't know if you guys have that in Canada. Um, I'm wondering if it's similar to like, we have classes where like you can buy passes and try out different studios. Is it something like that? Similar to that. Yeah, exactly. So it's an app where like you subscribe to a certain amount of classes per month and you can use it at different studios. Ah, And I love that because you can listen to your body from day to day and just go like, okay, what do I want to do? Like, um, or from week to week, depending on where you are in your, in your cycle. So sometimes I'll do a spin class. Sometimes I'll do yin yoga, you know, and it's really, for me, I, I just try and do something, um, like that through like at least three days a week, um, other than like my day, my daily movement practices, but that's about all my body can do right now. And I'm just allowing that to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so important to say that out loud too, because if we, if, if we're used to a certain routine or if we want to have a certain routine, then we can get super mad at ourselves if like our body's not cooperating with where our mind is at. Um, but being so be, being so mindful of where you're at. And I love that this is also having to do with, um, you know, allowing and, um, giving women permission to reconnect with themselves because, um, we've kind of talked about it, but stress is like it, not only is it harmful from a health perspective, but from a weight perspective, you know, if we're eating stressed or if we're, um, going through our day from a work perspective or even just life, like racing through traffic because we're late for an appointment, like all of that stress builds up. So, um, I love that it's more just like here, here's what my body needs. I'm getting so, so in tune with what my body needs, giving myself permission and then wrapping my head around it so that my head doesn't like kibosh everything that I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, and it's like, you know, coming back to the, the, when we were, when I was in the, you know, old mode of diet mode, um, I, and, and body shame and body dysmorphia and all of those things, you know, what would happen was I would get, 
during my PMS days, I would get bloated and then get really mad at my body and then try and push myself when really I wasn't, you know, that's not what the body needs on those days. You know, the body actually really needs to just chill, chill out and, um, maybe do some, like, like, like some yin yoga or something, but not like go to a spin class the day you get your period. And so I would push myself really hard and then beat myself up because I couldn't stick to it. But it was like the dot, the day that I made the decision to, to restart another fitness routine or restart another diet was right in the middle of like my hormones being, um, you know, at their height <laughs> of having an impact. So, you know, that's where really love to work with people is moving out of the mentality of like, um, uh, health from the perspective of trying to change our bodies, but really support ourselves and support the work. You know, I, I, you know, you talk about the why I, I say a lot, like tie your wellness to your why, um, you know, how do you want to, how do you want to show up in the world? Um, and what wellness support do you need to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I, um, when I teach essential oil classes, there's this, you know, um, kind of pyramid of health, um, that I, when I was diagnosed with MS, I started doing it intuitively. And then when I found doTERRA, I was like, Oh my God, this is why I'm aligned. Um, because like the first thing that I did was nutrition. I was like, I'm eating a quote unquote clean eating diet for a fitness competitor, um, or an obstacle course racer. But I was still, you know, eating gluten every now and again, you know, eating dairy when I felt like it, cause I intuitively wanted ice cream, um, and, um, nightshade vegetables. When I educated myself on an autoimmune paleo meal plan, I was like, oh, so, okay, I need to get strict for a second to see what's working, what's not working for my body. And when I did an elimination diet and brought some things back, I was like, oh, I I can't digest this right now. My body doesn't like it. Okay. So remove it again, not out of, um, you know, strictness, but simply out of like healing my gut. So when I looked at eating from a positive standpoint, I'm like, okay, this is a lot easier than feeling like I'm depriving myself. And then I, and then I, um, layered on working with, um, experts to learn about my vitamin mineral supplementation. And then I layered on managing my stress and creating a really good nighttime routine, getting quality sleep and quantity. Then I layered on removing toxins from my life. So I loved that it was like, I started layering all these things into my life and living it on a daily basis. And then I aligned with a company that just wants to teach that to people. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like, okay, that's cool. And when you think about all the building blocks in terms of, you know, an informed proactive healthcare routine, um, it's so easy to like say, okay, let's just tackle this one thing first and foremost. Don't try to tackle it all. Um, And once you figure that out and it starts feeling really good to your body, that's when you can say, okay, okay, how do I tackle the next one? So um, are are you working with clients that way as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's like, what's the smallest doable step is a phrase that I love. I love to use. And it's, you know, sometimes, especially because I do work with a lot of emotional eaters or people who have, um, gone through the, the restrict and binge scenario and the idea of like a healing diet can, can feel really punishing. 
you know? So, um, I like to work in an additive realm. Um, you know, it took me, it took me a few years to be able to say like, okay, I'm not going to eat gluten. And, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still working on the adjustments to, to like having the autoimmune practice, you know, um, um, protocol in my, in my diet, because for me, it does still feel, are you doing AIP as well? Well, I, you know, I, I follow the paleo stuff and paleo. I, yeah. and okay, I, cool. you know, an anti, you know, anti-inflammatory, um, uh, you know, process is really, it's really good for me. It's where I feel the best, you know, I've done eliminations. I love doing eliminations with my clients because for exactly what you said, when you can feel it in your body, you can be more inspired to take care of yourself, you know? And so, um, but I do, it's like smallest doable steps. It's, it's taking it slowly because the other thing that I find is, you know, um, if we have stress and if we have trauma and it's most likely coming from, um, um, childhood wounding, um, sometimes for emotional eaters, food was the one thing we had to be able to calm our bodies down, you know, and ride the wave of the trigger. And so, um, I tend to try and adjust other things before we adjust food, you know, because when we're really feeling good about our lifestyle, then we're more inspired to take better care of ourselves and food, food will come later. Um, because it, it can actually cause more stress sometimes, um, to try and make those adjustments. And so we don't want that. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And when you think about it, it's like when you, um, tackle things that are like our energy causing or serenity causing, when you feel better in your body, then you're more apt to want to embrace changes around, um, what you eat. Um, but if you're like, exhausted, grumpy, chugging coffee, then it's like, I do not want to tackle that. Like, no way. Like back off. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, I love exactly. that. Um, yeah. Okay. So I asked my alpha females, what are some pain points about being one that you're problem solving for right now? And that's either, you know, like how um, our personalities are perceived in this world or the amount of things that we try to t- uh, take on. So as a recovering workaholic. Uh, is there any pain points around that? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, absolutely. When, you know, for me, the biggest thing has been, um, uh, transitioning into like entrepreneurialism out of the film industry and realizing that, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. And, um, I'm still, you know, I was still, you know, in the hustle of trying to create this business to, um, to get myself out of the thing that was hurting me. And yet I'm still burning myself without doing it. You know, that's been the, and finding the balance between, um, creating a business from scratch, which I've never done before. And I've always had the stability of a paycheck, you know, so into, um, you know, uh, but you know, the gift of it is that I get to create my own schedule and I get to actually listen to my body and, and, and do all of that. But it's very easy to slip back into some of the mindset, um, that, you know, around stress and hustle. And, you know, especially when like, um, it's been a slower month or maybe my body kind of took me out and like, I need to like, you know, get the income going again, <laughs> you know? So finding that equilibrium, I think in my life, you know, just, um, 
especially as like, you know, a single girl living in LA, you know, supporting myself entirely. Like I don't have a partner to lean on. I'm not living in my parents' basement, you know, which a lot of first time entrepreneurs will do and have the, the flexibility to do that. So I'm still consulting in the film industry. Um, I just have, I left the full-time realm. So I'm still, that's kind of one of the things that is still supporting me. And I have a network marketing side hustle myself. Oh yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. And it's important to like, um, I think entrepreneurs don't always talk about all of that because obviously like you want to make sure you're providing value for the thing that you're trying to grow. So when you talk about that all the time, it's like, nobody, uh, might know that you're okay. Like you need to finance this business in like these other ways. So like, um, like the full, it's funny cause I hear a lot of entrepreneurs that when they switch from that side hustle to the full time, um, their like full-time job becomes like a side hustle. <laughs> And so, yeah, so being a freelancer or contractor is so important, um, and being open about that so that people don't have this, like, I guess, um, you know, Cinderella fantasy that you can just do the switch, um, like cold Turkey and easily. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a lot of pressure in, in the entrepreneur world. Like there's a lot of messaging around that. That's the same as the messaging in the diet industry, that there's a quick fix, you know, and that you, that you should just let go of the shore and you leap and the net will appear. And I actually think, think, you know, if I, if I could have done it differently and given, you know, giving advice to new entrepreneurs, especially if you're struggling with burnout and if you're struggling with, um, you know, these health issues and you're ready to change your world, you know, letting, like taking the pressure off of having to like, um, have that, the next thing ready fast, you know, because, um, it takes time to develop the experience, like, um, to really feel confident enough to, to sell yourself. You know, I, for a long time I thought, Oh, I just don't have a good sales mindset. And that's why I'm not filling my practice. Well, no, it's just that I was a brand new coach <laughs> and I needed, I needed the experience to have the confidence, you know? And now after a couple of years of coaching, I'm like, Oh, I can confidently say I can lead somebody along this path you know, and get to the other side of it. And I know that, like I'm, I've seen it now and witnessed it in my, in my clients. And it takes that level of confidence for me now to go, okay, now I can really grow my business. So if I, you know, if I hadn't been putting the pressure on myself leave so quickly, maybe I would have not stayed so burnt out, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel yeah. So, so this brings yeah. us full circle to the end. Um, but as you are taking care of yourself and learning how to thrive instead of survive, what is your definition of happiness? Mm. You know, it's so interesting because I wrote this like last week and then or, um, a little while ago, and then I just was down La Jolla in San Diego for 10 days staying in my friend's house that was like, her bed like looked out onto the ocean and I was watching surfers all day and I was two blocks from the beach. And I really, you know, um, one of the things that I wrote was, it's just still true is that, you know, knowing I'm safe to enjoy the present moment, you know, and like really just connected with other humans and like embodied in the bliss of being alive. And what also hit me was just, um, also remembering to like, keep creating new possibilities for ourselves, you know, um, like there's, there, the dreams that there, we have dreams kind of inside of us that maybe we even forgot that we had because, 
um, we thought, oh, that, that couldn't be for somebody else. Or that's, you know, that's not for me, that's for somebody else. And we're like think, thinking about, you know, the things that we, that we admire or, or, um, you know, you look at what other people are doing and you're like, oh, that, that would be really cool. You know, like noticing what your dreams are and constantly like reconnecting with that sense of like, okay, what's the next possibility for me? And not from a space of, if I get there, then I'm, then I'm, then I can be happy. But really it's just like, how can I keep getting more and more connected to like the bliss of being alive? Mm, I love that. Um, thank you so much for how you're showing up in the world. Thank you so much for, um, uh, holding space for women as they develop their confidence again. And it was so nice to reconnect with you. Yes. Thank you for having me. And thank you. I think you're doing beautiful work as well. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. And just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.